0: And the preacher said, Amen, two times. It is a good day today already. Amen? amen. Amen. All right. The word Amen means let it be so. It is a good day in the house of the Lord. We are so glad that you're with us. If all of you, I'm thankful that you're here, but all that are visiting with us, I'm really indeed. We're, we're just delighted that you've chosen to be a part of Western Hills today. And It's just been a great day in baptism and Liz and we're just so proud of you. Robbie doing a great job in his ministry there and and of course their family is just wonderful. They just are great people here at our church and we just love them much. Uh, just, just great, great, great times. and I'm so excited, so excited. You ever have dreams? I mean, I, I think everybody I know has dreamed before. There's probably one I never dreamed before in my whole life. But nonetheless, I think we all dream it from time to time and we have good dreams and bad dreams and happy dreams and some sad dreams. We have dreams that we want to wake up and we want to have dreams. We'd like to go back to sleep and finish the dream. Anybody there with me? It kind of like that. Sometimes we feel that way when we're playing football games too. But nonetheless, um, uh, we 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 feel like there's these dreams in our lives. They say we average person dreams about a half an hour a night. I don't know. Sometimes they seem a lot longer than that. Again, they're good dreams and bad dreams. They're scary dreams and they're happy dreams. And um, I had a friend of mine just tell me this past week actually that his granddaughter woke up in the middle of the night and she was running on top of the bed and just screaming out, help, help, or something like that. And 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 they went in the room and said, what's the matter, what's the matter? And she said, I was dreaming and Chuck E. Cheese was chasing me. And I thought, wow, that's a great lead in for this week's message. That's kind of a confirmation there, I think, from God. But nonetheless, uh, that's what happens. Now, sometimes we're the, the younger kids are with us today, and we're really glad that you're here today as well. I want you to know that. And I know Janice is doing a great job with you, and we're proud of her, but we're proud of you too, coming every week and doing the things that you're doing and learning about God. and. And uh, when the times you get up here and you share with us the songs or the scriptures that you're studying, that really does our heart good. Amen? Amen. And so let's give the little kids a round of applause today. And let them know. You see... I, I, I'm a firm. I'm a firm believer that we should not only applaud the children when they're up here doing that, we, sh- we should let them know that periodically and let them know how important they are to us. They're not just a sidekick, they're actually the heartbeat, and we need to continue to remember that. But anyway, uh, you, some of you younger kids may still maybe have a dream and you, you get scared sometimes. And, and that's understandable. You need to know that all, everybody in this room has probably woke up and had those scary dreams. I'm 60 years old and I, I wake up with scary dreams sometimes. And I have to wake up Donna and say, Donna, Donna, Chucky e. Cheese is after me. And so it's a, it's a thing that we all go through. I want to share with you a dream. This dream is a massive dream. It's an awesome dream, but it it kind of takes a little twist, but it's a beautiful dream, but then it's kind of a weird dream. And then I, I don't know which one to figure out. Sometimes, like our dreams at night, sometimes they're in the part of it's really good and part of it goes bad. And this dream, there's a huge tree, this massive tree, and it's just, it's just stretches not only in the backyard, but it covers the entire, it covers the entire process of this, the world, it seems as though. And it's beautiful, it's lush, it's green, it flourishes and it's got all this. And all the birds of the air, man, they fly in there to this tree. And they make their home there, they make their nest there. There's red birds and blue birds and black birds and brown birds and sparrows. And there's hawks and chicken hawks. They all make their home in this beautiful tree. And it's just wonderful there. And in this process underneath is this lush ground and it's all pasture, it's beautiful, laid out beautifully and all the animals of the world, they seem to come and, and uh, you know, taken care of under this tree. They don't only have shelter, but they have the fruit to eat of and all of it's just beautiful. But in this dream, all of a sudden, in my dream, there's this this dream where someone comes in and they just keep chopping at the tree and the tree is actually cut down. And when a tree is cut down, all the birds, they just start to disappear. Come back, birds. Come back, beautiful tree. Where are you at? We're thinking, and, and all of this is going on. And all the animals, they begin to scatter as well. And all of a sudden, then in the midst of that, in the, in, in the middle of all of that, the dream takes a real big twist. It's no longer beautiful now. It's, oh, it's ugly. It's so ugly. It's this beast comes in there. Where's this beast come from? And in the middle of my dream. And he's down on all four and his hair grows and it's ugly. And it's like wings of eagles and it's like claws and all of these things. And it's just becomes and boom, I wake up. What the heck just happened? What's going on in this? Dr- what is went on in this dream? It's kind of scary. And I don't know why. I got to find out what's this dream mean? What does this mean? Well, actually, this is a dream that takes place in the book of Daniel. We've been studying out of the book of Daniel. So to catch everyone up in that process, we want to try to do that today through this particular story of the dream. Now, it's not just a made-up dream. It's a dream that a king has. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. And in his in his dream, he wants to figure out what in the world is going on. And this dream isn't because he ate too much spaghetti the night before. This is a dream that God allowed Nebuchadnezzar to have And it troubles him so much so. But the question becomes for us today is, why did God allow him to have this dream? What's the importance of this dream? How can it affect our lives? How does it affect our lives? Or can it affect our lives, we might ask? Well, I want you to know four things today in this process as we work through this message. Number one is, King Nebuchadnezzar was not a good king. In fact, he was a terrible king. He was a mean king. He was a bad king. Just remember that. Number two, God pursued the bad king. I find that amazing in this story. In chapters 1, 2, and 3, you see God. He's pursuing this man, this king, King Nebuchadnezzar. It's pretty amazing. And then number three, I want you to know that God catches him. God catches up with old King Nebuchadnezzar. And when God catches up with them, number four, Nebuchadnezzar has to make a decision. When God caught up with him and catches him, now Nebuchadnezzar has to make a decision whether he's going to follow God or not follow God. Well, you know, that really connects with us, doesn't it? How, you say? Well, truth is, we're not as good as we think we are. We're really not. Now, we're much better than this king, I'm sure. No way we could be that bad if you read his story. But nonetheless, we're not as good as we think we are. For in Romans chapter 3, it tells us that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So no matter how good we think we are, we're not good enough. We're not good enough. Number two is God pursues us. Isn't it wonderful to know that God pursues us? How do we know that God pursues us in that process? How do we know that? Well, He pursues us because in this, He Not only does have we sinned, but he pursues us because he loves us. The scripture tells us that he loves us with an everlasting love in Jeremiah. An everlasting love. That means he's always loving us. He's always pursuing us with his love. How do we know that for sure? It's because in John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world, God so loved you that he gave his one and only son. He pursued you by giving his son on the cross. So God pursues us. And the truth is, no matter who you are, 8 or 88, somewhere along the line, you're going to discover that God has caught you. God's caught up with you. He's got your attention. And when he gets your attention, you have to also make a decision, like King Nebuchadnezzar made a decision. You have to make the decision, what are you going to do with this God now that he has caught you? So you see how we now connect with this story, or how we can. Someone asked me a few weeks ago when we were in chapter 2, and when Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, actually, uh, they said, well, what was the dream about? How was it interpreted? Does, I, I don't know the story. Could you please tell me the story? And I told that person, I said, you have to come back in two weeks from now. <laughs> and they're here today. Yay. Now, well, for some reason, this story unfolds in chapter four of the book of Daniel. It's a really an interesting thing. And what I find interesting is that for some reason, God allows Nebuchadnezzar himself to write chapter 4 of the book of Daniel. It's as though God says, it's in his journal, I'm pulling it out of his journal and I'm placing it in my book. God only puts in his book, the Bible, what he chooses to put in there. And it's for two reasons. Remember what we've been talking about all this time. Two reasons God does what he does. Number one, because it pleases him. Number two, it's to draw us to him. Always remember that. He does what pleases him. So it pleased God for chapter 4 to, as though we were now going to be able to look into the journal of this king and what he actually wrote about during this time of his life. Now that God allows us to put these things again in the Bible for a reason, they're there. And it is our responsibility to study the Bible. That's why you young people, when you go to class, when you go to Sunshine Express and do all the things that you do there, the reason why uh, Ms. Janice teaches you all the things she does, she's getting you to study God's Word. Because when we study God's Word, we begin to understand what God wants for our life. And we discover in our lives how it is that God is drawing us to Him, closer to Him. That's our heart's desire, not only with our children, but with all of us as adults too. Amen? So in this process, here's the dream. Chapter 4, book of Daniel. Notice what he begins with. One translation says, I, King Nebuchadnezzar, I, King Nebuchadnezzar, to the nations and the peoples of every language who live in all of the earth, may you prosper greatly. Hang on to that one. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and the wonders of the Most High God has performed for me. Wow. It's an interesting take on all of this. He starts off by saying, I want to talk to you just for a moment. I'm going to pen some things and I want to tell you something. And what I first thing I want to tell you is this. I want you to prosper. But I want you to prosper greatly. Now, something is strange about this statement. And what is strange about this statement is everything up to this point is about the king and his kingdom. It is not about people and it's certainly not about you and me. It's all about the king up to this point. Now he reigns for approximately 45 years, they say. And in that, in that reign, he was, he just took land. He just went to Israel and wiped, basically wiped it out, left it in ruin in Judah and he went all the territories and he began to wipe it out. And that's what he would do is just take it. His land was so large that the wall was from here to Altus and from Altus to Chickasha, Chickasha to Duncan, Duncan to Wichita Falls, some 45 miles encompassed his territory. It was all his. And all he focused on was getting more because it was all about the king. But what's happened to this guy? What's happened in this moment? Why does he make these statements, this same guy that wanted it all for himself? What, has he gone mad? Well, kind of, sort of, but not really. I can only imagine, As I was thinking in my office this week, I was thinking about, I can only imagine because the scripture is important. And the scripture is true and the scripture is powerful. And in each of the stories, it tells me a story. It tells somebody a story. I can only imagine people throughout history that have read the testimony. And that's what this is. It's a testimony of this man called Nebuchadnezzar. And I can only imagine all throughout history that people have read his testimony. And it has changed their life drastically as well. Will it change yours today? It's possible. Maybe. So pay attention. Maybe it will. Watch what he says in the next few, uh, or the next verse. He says, how great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is eternal, an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. I love that because generation to generation includes us. Amen? Amen. It means it includes us. So the first thing that he does, and I want you to see here, he says, I want you to prosper greatly. Second thing he does, he tells you how you can prosper. Greatly, I love that about this guy. He's telling us how you can prosper greatly. Wow. But before he tells us his story, he wants to brag on the one that found him or the one he found. I find that interesting. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace. Long before it was written, I think Nebuchadnezzar figured that one out. It's what I was, but it's not what I am. I was blind, but now I see all this stuff. And in this, he begins, as through this process, he begins to say, I want to brag about my king. That's what we do in our testimonies. That's what we're supposed to do in our testimonies. Let me tell you about what my God has done for me. Let me tell you how good my God is. Let me tell you about my God and how he has blessed my life. Let me tell you how my God lift me out of this. Let me tell you about my God. He bragged about him. Before he tells his story, it's, it's an introduction. And the introduction is, God is awesome. Now let me tell you my story. Because once you understand how awesome your God is, you will not mind anyone knowing how ugly your life is. Because you've been redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Are you there yet? So let's find out. If you go back, this was on chapter 2 where all of this dream comes about and he's disturbed and he doesn't know how to figure it out and he calls in his astrologers and all these wise men and they can't figure it out and finally gets a hold of Daniel and Daniel comes in and Daniel says, I'll be glad to tell you the dream. God's helped me with this. I'll tell you the dream. What's the dream? The king asked, what's the dream? Daniel says, well, you know this big, beautiful tree out there that you had in your dream? Yes, yes, tell me, tell me, what's that mean? He said, that's about you, king. Oh, really? That's about me? Yeah, boy, it's beautiful. That part of the dream, I just love that part of the dream. Well, that's all about you. And that means that you and your kingdom is just awesome. You got all this stuff and it's all yours. And you enjoyed that. Oh, yes, man, that was a good part. I thank you for Daniel. That's really good. Oh, king, I got to tell you a little bit more. You know in your dream when you said there was somebody came in and they cut down your tree? Uh, yeah, that's really part kind of weird. I, I didn't know what was going on there, Daniel. Could you tell me? Yes, king, I'd be glad to tell you. That means that you're going to lose your kingdom. What? Yeah, king, you're going to lose your kingdom. But king, let me tell you, before you get too excited here, you're only going to lose it for a period of time. Oh, that's not too bad then. Hopefully it won't be too long. A couple days, a couple weeks, a couple months. No, he said it's going to be seven Years. Oh. Well, at least I get my kingdom back. Then something happens. Daniel says, Well, King, I, I got to share some more with you because there's more about your dream. And this is where it really takes a, a turn. Go ahead, Daniel. I know you're telling me the truth because I'm already getting peace in my spirit. You need to tell me more. Tell me more. What's that mean? What's going on here? And because that's the part that was disturbing me the most. This little, this beast thing looking in there. And it came into the picture. I don't know what it was. What does that mean, Daniel? Please tell me. What does that mean? And Daniel says, that's you, king. Me? Yeah, king. This is king. You're going to be put out into pasture. What? Are you kidding me? No, king, I'm not. You're going to discover that God can do whatever he wants to with humans. You're going to discover something and you're going to discover you're not going to go out there and you're going to look like a lion that looks all beautiful and everybody goes, wow, isn't he magnificent? The king of the jungle. No, you're not going to be the king of the jungle. You're going to look like an ox. And you're going to get out on all four. And you're going to grow hair and it's going to look like eagle wings. And you're going to grow these claws, these talons. And you're going to look like this hideous beast. And you're going to eat the grass just like the ox do. Oh my, he says. But king, bam, he wakes up. All of this takes place. All of this does. In the midst of all of this, in this story, back to chapter 4, as he's revealing the dream, he's telling it, Nebuchadnezzar is, he doesn't leave out a very important part. He doesn't leave out what Daniel said on his own time. Not what the Lord said to to reveal the dream. He said, Daniel tried to tell me something. After he interpreted my dream, he told me something. He said, King, can I give you some advice? He said, my advice is this, repent of your sins and maybe it will go well with you. But he's saying here basically, he tried to tell me this, but I didn't listen. How do we know he didn't listen? We've got to read on. Verse number 28. The dream is fulfilled. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is this not the great Babylon I have built? I have built, I have built, I have built, I have built. Hear him? You could see him on that palace looking out. As far as he can see him and even further Uh, you know, a a five-day ride that way and a five-day, it's all mine. Look what I've done, I've done, I've done, I've done. And he begins to revel in all of his splendor. He said, is this not the great Babylon that I have built to the royal residence by my mighty power, my, 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 you hear it? And for the glory of my, 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 my majesty, you see it? Even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from the heaven. This is what is decreed for you. Oh, pause just a second. Remember the last couple of weeks we talked about a decree? Remember the king gave a decree? When no one could interpret the dream, he said, we're going to just wipe out everybody. And the decree went away because Daniel could? The king he didn't mean much. The second one was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, He's, he decreed that they all would bow down or they have to burn in the furnace. Remember that? Decrees don't work out too good for the king. But when God makes a decree, it's going to come to pass. It's not, oh, shucks. It's, oh, it's on. So watch what takes place. He pleads with them, and then he tells us, and the reason why this all happened is because you're up on the rooftop, and now you're doing all these things, and all of this is authority. Notice that authority has been taken from you. Who gives authority? God does. You may say, no, I won the election. God gives all authority and he has a reason for it. Maybe good, maybe bad. I'm not here to debate that today, but it all comes from God. Boom. The dream is about to become reality for the king. Watch what takes place next. Immediately in verse 33. What had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. Here it is. He was driven away from his people and he ate grass like an ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like feathers of that of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. That's kind of weird, isn't it? So for seven years, the king that had royal blood, royalty in his blood, is now mooing like a cow. Now, young people, you need to understand something Here is, Please understand this. This is not a fairy tale. This is not Disney World painting an animation movie for you. This is actually a true story. It actually happened. Only through God. So everyone that went by, looked out in the pasture field or wherever this hideous looking creature was, they could say, that used to be our king. And the little kids may have said things and done things and threw rocks. I don't know what happened, but everyone knew who he was and what he was. The seven years, they come and they go. We say that real quick. We say it less than seven seconds. But it wasn't seven seconds. It was hour and day and week and month and year. Hour, day, week, month and year. Hour, day, week, month, and year. Seven of them have to go by. 365 times, whatever, if somebody's going to do the math, they're going to say, I don't know, no, That's always happens. But a long time, right? A lot of days. It doesn't go by quickly. But the seven years come, and they do go. King comes back to his census and he's restored to his kingdom, just like the scripture said that he would, or God said that he would. But something's happened when he comes to his census. You remember the prodigal son? He came to his senses. What did he do? He said, I have sinned against the Lord. my, My master, my father, I'm going to go home. And he goes home. Notice what he does. Here he is. He comes to his senses. Listen to me. If you will allow, God will bring you to your senses. Why is that important? It's real easy. God knows better than you. Anybody ever have to be taught a lesson by God? The rest of you were in for a rude awakening. All right, here we go. Notice what he says. Let's find out what happens. I love this story. At the end of this time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward the heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. Whoa. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does what pleases Him. See it there? He had discovered that. You have to discover that as well. God does what pleases him. He doesn't say, hey Harley, would you mind if I do this? It's with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. In other words, he is the one that instructs. He's the one that gives authority. He's the one that sets in place. No one can hold him back or back his hand or say, what have you done? Because it doesn't work with God. Verse number 36 as we continue on because the reading is great. It says, at this time my sanity was restored to me. My honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. Now he goes on. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Just what had been said and foretold. Now, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. Wow. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Now there's a month's worth of messages in just those few verses. I started just marking all of them and I started writing them down. And I, man, I've turned a five-week message or a, a, a series into about a 25 weeks. I don't want to do that. But I do want to give you something before you go home. I want you to notice, first of all, first thing is, verse 34 and 37, he almost says the same thing, or he brings it to light, what is important, not only for him at this point in his life, but it should be important in our lives. He says, then I praise the Most High, I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven. Why is that important for us to look at? Well, there's a major contrast that has taken place from the first, or, or chapter 2 and chapter 3. You remember in chapter 3 of the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they wouldn't bow down, he threw them into the furnace, they walked out of the furnace unharmed. What did the king say? There it is in verse 34 of chapter 2, he says, Then I praise the most high, well, continue next the next, uh, next slide, please. There we go. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Notice what he says. Praise be to your God. See it? In chapter, in chapter two, Daniel tells him the dream. What does he say? The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods. Surely your God is the God of God and the Lord of kings. But now something's changed. It's no longer their God. It's his God too. How about you? Are you fine with saying it's their God? Oh, that's my wife's God. You know, I'm just here today. I'm just here because it kind of makes her happy once in a while that I come along. And that's her God. That's her God that she gives to, and that's her God that she prays to, and that's that's what they do. I'm just I'm just kind of I'm fine with their God. You know a lot of people in the world are just fine with that. They're out there today and if you were to drive up and down some of your streets in your neighborhood, do you, so you believe in God? Sure I do. Your God. Sure I do. But do they? Are you happy with acknowledging that He is their God? Last point. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven. Well, He says that because he gives us the answer to it, right in the same verse. Now I praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven. Why? Because everything he does is right. Everything he does is right and all his ways are just. Do you know what the king is saying here? He is not blaming anything on God. He is not cursing God. He is not blaming God for all the things that he went through. He is exalting God. And I'm here to tell somebody today, quit blaming God. Quit cursing God for what you've been through. Start exalting God what he has got you through. Start exalting God. Raise him up to the level that he is placed, is to be placed in our lives. He is to be exalted in all things. It's interesting that he says that. And then he ends with. And those who walk in pride. He is able to humble. I can see it. As he's writing it down. Boy did I get a taste of my own medicine. I was on the top of that building. And I was all that in a bag of chips. And man look where I've come from. You talk about getting humbled. Someone said there's an easy way to be humble and a hard way to be humble. An easy way is for you to do it. A hard way is for God to do it. But remember this. God can do whatever pleases him. And he gets humbled. There is no doubt. No doubt. He is humbled. Nebuchadnezzar was humbled. And he wasn't afraid to admit it and tell us about it. I think in this process, we don't really know any more about Nebuchadnezzar. He leaves. He's poof. <clears throat> in chapter 5, we're going to discover next week, we'll end the series. His son takes over. Oh, man. Ay, 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 But nonetheless, Nebuchadnezzar's gone. Reigns for some 45 years, they say, and, and now he just kind of disappears. This is his last statements. Whether he continue to be good or Went back to his old ways. I don't know. I'm not here to debate that, but I can tell you what it says here. And God allowed it to be here for a reason. I think one of the things that He is teaching us here is God was patient with me. I want you to know today that God is patient with you. According to Second Peter chapter three, there is a reason why God is patient. He wants He is patient because He wants all to come to repentance. And perhaps God has been patient with you up to this point, waiting on you to make a decision today in your life. He has been waiting on you to repent of your sins. God has been patient with you, and you know that full well. He doesn't want you to be lost. God doesn't. He wants you to acknowledge Him as the Lord of your life. King of kings. The question is, have you? May I give you a piece of advice before we close? Like Daniel asked the king, can I give you some advice? My advice would simply be this. It's always the same. Repent. Repent of your sins and do what is right. Why do I say that? Because you don't have to go through all the things that you're going to go through in life without God. But you're going to go through all the things that you go through in life you make a decision whether it's with God or without God. Let me tell you, it's a whole lot better with God. Now keep in mind, Nebuchadnezzar said these words, And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Have you discovered that God has caught up with you today? Nope, not yet, man. He ain't caught me yet. and I'm on to keep on running. Well, one of these days you're going to get tired. And I pray that you get tired right now. Has he humbled you enough today for you to surrender? Or are you still going to take a little longer to look at all your things and all your stuff and all the things that you have done? You see, you have a decision to make. Just like the king had a decision to make. His answer was, I praise and honor the glorify the king of heaven. What do you say? That's why we offer an invitation it's time for you to say, God, here I am. I exalt you, God. I glorify you because you've brought me out of the pastures and put me back in the palace. That's what God does to those that repent. He takes us from being lost to being saved. He takes us from the pastures and puts us back in the palace, the kingdom, his kingdom. That reigns forever and ever. What's your decision today? If you have a prayer request or a need. Whatever that is. Maybe today you also want to experience baptism. Today can be a great day for you. Whatever your decision is. We stand ready for you right now. Our elders will come and pray with you and for you. Whatever that need is. You come together as we stand and sing.